Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast today on this Tuesday, October 13th, 2020. On the show today, we discuss the news that bench coach and then third base coach Chip Hale and now heading coach Kevin Long are both on the outs for the Washington Nationals. In addition to that, we've got our fourth edition of our 2020 MLB Playoff Diary. Will I be, I'll be recapping, and not just recapping, but taking a hard look at some of the things that have been happening in the AL and NL Championship League Series. So I hope you guys enjoy the show today. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get to it. News broke over the weekend that the Nationals would not be retaining the services of Chip Hale, who was a bench coach, and then Kevin Long, who was the hitting coach for the Washington Nationals. These are the second and third uh, releasings, I guess you could say, the Nationals have made on the coaching staff. Paul Menhart last week, the pitching coach for the Nationals, was released. All three of these coaches, Long, Menhart, and Hale, were all part of of the Nationals' 2019 World Series championship campaign. It's also worth noting that none of them were selected by Davey Martinez when he took over as Washington Nationals manager. These guys were not Martinez's people, and so I think that is the right place um, just to kind of note. We'll get to that in a second, but going to get this from the Washington Post from Jesse Doherty. This comes... Uh, on October 10th, so three days ago, this came over the weekend. The Nationals coaching staff will look far different in 2021, with the club choosing not to retain hitting coach Kevin Long and third base Chip Hale. A third base coach, excuse me, Chip Hale, according to people with knowledge of the situation. Those decisions come a week after the Nationals parted ways with pitching coach Paul Menhart. After signing a new contract, after a down season for the Washington, for Washington, manager Dave Martinez will handpick coaches in a way he was not able to when he was hired in 2017. Long was Martinez's first hitting coach for the Nationals, Hale and Martinez's bench, uh, bench coach for two seasons before he was shifted to third base. As of now, the staff holdovers are bench coach Tim Bogar, bullpen coach Henry Blanco, first base coach Bob Henley, and assistant hitting coach Pat Rosler. The decision uh, to not renew Long's contract was first reported Saturday by MLB.com. The decision not to bring Hale back was first reported by MLB Network. Martinez has a long history with Bogart and Blanco, who are expected to stay with the Nationals. Henley has been with the franchise since uh, it was in Montreal, serving in various capacities across the major leagues and minors. uh, Rosler was first hired last season, conceivably when Martinez had more say with his staff, but came recommended by Long after Joe Dillon left to be the Philadelphia Phillies hitting coach. Long and Rosler worked together in New York. The Nationals brought Rosler, Martinez mentioned, uh, Long's rave reviews of the veteran coach. Okay, so uh, things we have to mention here as we discuss this. Um, It's important to mention, once again, I think the first thing to mention is that those guys were part of the 2019 World Series campaign and had been with the Nationals for some period of time. Second thing to mention that these were not Davey Martinez's people. And I think this kind of gets to the point where, um, you know, I mentioned last time around that, that management and the ownership wanted to put the blame of a bad season somewhere when really as fans, I don't think many Nationals fans were looking for somewhere to put the blame. I think you could have just said a weird year, injuries, they just won the World Series. And while it was disappointing, 
really at no point during the season, I remember speaking with Max Raymond, you know, we talked a little bit about, hey, the effort was a bit disappointing, but down the stretch, I was, I was happy with the way the team played. I was happy with the way the team battled. And, you know, a team that was the bottom seller, they were the, the basement dweller in the National League East, they played well enough in the end of the season to get to fourth in the National League East. Um, you know, they, they had no business being anywhere other than last and played well enough in the end to make that happen. So this team's effort, it was only really questioned um, a couple times. And that is to say that you know, we're, I don't think we're really looking for a scapegoat. I don't think Nationals fans looking for a scapegoat. I, I don't think people who covered the team felt like that somebody needed to be scapegoated. And so when Paul Menhart was fired, maybe we thought, hey, this is one isolated fi- uh, you know, firing. They need to, uh, they're going to revamp that, and that might be it. But now it appears that Davey Martinez wanted to revamp his staff. He wanted to handpick his staff. So maybe it was not just uh, one, you know, one change, one person to blame. It appears it was necessary changes, uh, you know, not just for ownership, the changes being necessary for ownership and for Davey. And it sounds like Martinez is wanting to cultivate his own staff moving forward. And um, it's upsetting to see those guys go and it's, it's tough, but I do think as the roster reshapes, it might not be a bad idea to reshape what you are doing with the coaching staff, because um, you know, a lot of times you want to recreate the success that you had, especially in a World Series winning season, but you can't recreate what you did. You can't recreate that team, that World Series run, because the personnel have changed. You're looking to reshape and revamp, not remake. Um, so you're trying to change. You are not trying to go back to what you had. And so I, I, I don't, uh, well, I don't agree with the firings from a standpoint of, did they, do I think all of them deserve to be fired? No, but do I agree with the reshaping as a whole? Yes, if that is what the goal is, if it's going to be a reshape. So if you're going to revamp the roster, I mean, it's, you know, that, that's the way it's got to be. And I, I, I feel bad for saying, hey, I'm cool with these guys getting canned, but as long as it's part of an actual vision and it appears that this group has a vision, they have direction. Uh, and it took them a little while to once again get Rizzo and get Dave Martinez back under contract, but they did. And so as long as this is part of a long-term vision, and I'm not sure how long-term it's going to be, once again, given the length of Martinez's contract, but if it is part of a vision, I am okay with it in that context. You got to, once again, you got to be happy, you got to be thankful of, of what those guys brought to the table, uh, of what they helped cultivate in D.C. Menhart, Long, and Hale all were very important parts of the Nationals winning a 2019 World Series, and they are going to be missed for that reason. But this is a team that has their sights set on winning once again, not with the same group, and clearly not in the same way, so they're trying to reshape and revamp in that direction. No word yet on where they're going to go with the hires. It's tough to speculate with, uh, you know, with kind of coaching hires at the secondary levels. Tough to know where they might want to go. Uh, I would venture to say that it's going to be somebody that he worked with back in his days in either Tampa or Chicago. Now, who that's going to be, I don't know. But, you know, usually it's, it's guys that people have worked with in the past and have a lot of confidence in. So you go back and comb through those staffs and look to see, who Davey Martinez was with and who he trusts. Or, you know, uh, that would just be my number one guess. I don't really know. 
Um, if Ryan Zimmerman retired and offered to be the hitting coach, I don't know if Dave Martinez could say no to that. I don't think that would happen. Even if a guy like Howie Kendrick offered to do the same too, but I don't think he's done. Um, just fun things I thought I would float out there as potential things. But yeah, I mean, I think those are the most likely ways that he could go. Even, you know, I, I don't know if um, the appetite for a guy like Carlos Beltran to take a job like that. Uh, I don't think Dave Martinez ever encountered him in terms of uh, his coaching days. I don't know if they encountered, encountered him in terms of playing either. But yeah, I, um, I would say maybe that could be a potential fit as well, too, if Carlos Beltran wanted to be a hitting coach uh, at, at the level and if teams weren't really ready to give him a shot with the um, as a manager again after that situation. I don't know. I'm just spitballing and throwing out names. None of this stuff is backed in any way. I just thought I would throw those things out there for your consideration and also as well too, pitching-wise, pitching I've got no clue where they're going to go with that. So it's exciting to see how they're going to revamp the staff. Obviously, we wish those guys well. I know Chip Hale said, you know, you, you, you don't want to be somewhere you don't want to be wanted. And I don't know if it's necessarily that, but I just think it's, you know, Martinez got a new contract extension, and after the season that the Nationals had, it's the right time for him to be able to shape his own staff as the roster gets reshaped as well too. So um, kind of the right time, I guess you could say, from a for for Davey Martinez, obviously never good for those guys. Never be a good time to get to get fired for them. But um, so we wish them the best in their future endeavors, and we'll see where the Nationals go next. All right, coming up next, it's our playoff diary number four from the current MLB 2020 playoffs, and we will look at the National League and American League Championship Series, which have gotten underway. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And now they have 18 flavors, six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry varchia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They still have their 12 original flavors. All of them are chocolate, six with nut, six without, six without nut, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. Right now, you have a chance to win a free cooler. Right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON. One thing I can guarantee you'll get is 20% off your next order. Once again, that's 20% off and a chance to win a free cooler right now at BuiltBar.com. Okay, part number two of the show. It is our fourth edition of our 2020 MLB Playoff Diary. We have the Championship Series going on right now. Let's start with the American League, where it is the Astros and the Rays. And I thought it would be the Yankees, going back a little bit to our last playoff diary, I thought it was going to be Yankees in this series. Boy, have the Rays impressed me, and especially with their pitching. And you have to think about the Astros' offense. 12 home runs in the National League Division Series in four games. Just two home runs right now for them through the first two games. So they were on a pace of about three a game, in the previous series against the A's, they're on a pace of only one a game so far. And for them, the offense, it's been a really big struggle uh, for them. They scored four runs, as my dog is barking right now. He agrees with that sentiment. Um, the Rays won 2-1 in game two, 4-2. Excuse me, 2-1 in game one, 4-2 in game number two. So three runs total for the Astros through the first two games is very impressive stuff. And yesterday, for the Rays, speaking of impressive stuff, it was the Manuel Margot show uh, all day long on defense and on offense. 
Oh, former Padre playing for the Rays, and he sends one to center field, hit well on the run. Springer, he's at the track, and this ball is going to be gone! Manuel Marco, a three-run shot in the first inning. In the air, slicing over his Margot, fighting the sun. Margot! Oh, and he crashes over the wall, and he's got the ball in his glove. It's an out. Wow. What a play by Manny Margot. Oh, man. We were all waiting to see him stand up. That is a deep fall right there. It's not just on the level of the playing surface. It's about a six-foot drop on the other side of that fence. Man, what a play. Yeah, and Margot was a difference yesterday. It was a final score of, once again, 4-2 to two in game number two. And that three-run home run put them up. They never relinquished, uh, relinquished excuse me, that lead. And for the Rays, they have a chance to take a 3-0 stranglehold tonight with Ryan Yarborough on the mound. Jose Urquidy is going to counter for the Astros. They need those young arms to be really good for them because the pitching depth just has not been there. And uh, the Rays, man, they just seem like a machine right now. All right, let's get over to the National League and the Nationals uh, cohort in the National League East. The Braves, they have taken a one nothing lead. And it was an impressive display by them. The pitching for both teams was really impressive. Walker Bueller goes five innings, seven strikeouts, walks five, but only gives up one run off of a home run. And then Max Fried goes six innings, nine Ks, gives up one run as well off of a home run. The difference in this game, the bullpen for the Braves, and we've been saying this a bunch during the playoffs and throughout the season, much better than it was last year. And this game, it was much better than the Dodgers' bullpen. And Blake Trinan was a guilty party late in the game. And this game was close. It was back and forth. Braves got a home run from the MVP, Freddie Freeman, in the first inning. And then also in the fifth, Hernandez answers back. Kike makes it one-to-one. Then we go to the top of the ninth. And in the playoffs, we're always talking about needing those role guys, those role players, to step up and pull through. And for the Braves, in game one, it was Austin Riley. Best record in the major leagues at 43-17. and 17. That is hit deep into left center field. Back at the wall, it's gone. Austin Riley has put the Atlanta Braves on top here in the ninth with a home run off Blake Trinan. An absolute laser. You're going to see that this pitch stays up. Mentioned down, he's got... What a shot from Austin Riley, and I know Braves fans were not feeling the most secure in that, so luckily for them, they did get some insurance with Marcelo Zuna and Ozzie Albies hammering a home run, making it 5-1. to one. The Braves, man, I, I've made this comparison before. A lot of 2019 UVA, UVA basketball in them, uh, right? A team that had a traumatic loss the year before, as UVA did as a one seed, going down to the number 16 seed UMBC. They come back the next year, they have their struggles, and what they do is they answer back, and they can go shot for shot, punch for punch with the big boys like they did in that classic game with Purdue. The Braves have yet to have a game where they've, you know, they really needed to go back and forth, back and forth, but they're just getting the job done right now. They've come back more resilient. The pitching, even though it's been, you know, it's been down, 
has been more resilient. It's been young. It's been fresh. It's been impressive. And also, this lineup is producing at the way that we thought it would. And, all, and, and they're having the complementary pieces pull through. Your Travis Darnos, your Austin Rileys, your Ozzie Albies, the guys who are not named Ozuna, Acuna, and Freeman. Freddie Freeman obviously has a home run in this game, but those guys are being complimented well. Those Howie Kendricks of the world are coming through in those big spots. Those Michael A. Taylors are having the big hits, and the Braves have gotten that so far. And also a big piece of news here as we move towards game number two. We thought it was going to be Clayton Kershaw on the bump for the Bray, or excuse me, for the, the Dodgers. He has been scratched tonight because of spasms, muscle spasms. So uh, it's going to be Kyle Wright going for the Braves. And uh, I forgot who it was going to be going for the Dodgers. The big news is you're not going to have your ace, Clayton Kershaw, on the mound. And we're going to see how they deal with that. So that's kind of checking in right there, giving you some of the highlights, some of my analysis. But once again, I, I picked the Braves to get this thing done. And I think they can. I mean, they just they keep showing that resilience time in and time out. They're going to have to slug with the Dodgers. There's going to be a game I feel like it's coming where the Dodgers bats come alive and you're going to get like a 9-7 to seven game. And for the for the Braves, it's incumbent that they, I mean, not just win the game, you know, but but also show like it's it's not a moment for the Dodgers bats to get going and start steamrolling them. That is important. They have to maintain and be able to punch back, like maintain momentum. If you give some of it away, come out ready the next day to punch back with that offense. So I think they've got the horses to do it. I think that they play that time in and time out. And right now, I mean, it's, you know, these things can sometimes turn, but Man, the Rays, they look like a wrecking machine right now. Just so confident that group is in each other. Just getting the job done in a plethora of ways, getting home runs from everybody on that team, big hits. I mean, this this group is just, it's, it's when you say the word collective, it's what everybody dreams of having a great collective looking like. And uh, that's, I just got to give them a load of credit for the job that they have done so far this season. So, um, you know, shout to them. Definitely a big shout for the, uh, the this, this Rays team. And I, I think, you know, the, the Astros have the bats, obviously, to punch back, but they are in a quandary right now. They are in a hole, and, and uh, I'm not positive how they're going to get the reinforcements to start punching back like we know they want to. But that'll be a challenge that will be interesting to see. I'm curious to see how they do it, how they respond, and um, if they can, you know, find a way to start. I mean, look, not, not, it looks like a bunch of runs. You know, you don't need a bunch of runs to win these games, but the way the Rays' bullpen looks like, you know, and the, the way that the starting pitching has done a pretty solid job, it looks like runs might end up being at a premium right now for the Astros. So they're going to need more of those, those solo shots. All right, make sure you guys check us out at LO underscore Nationals on Twitter. Follow me at Josh Neighbors. Make sure you check out the Locked On MLB show and the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast. And before we go, make sure you guys check up on our postseason position breakdowns. We've done catcher, first, second, and short. And then we're going to do third base tomorrow. That's the big, kind of the big hurrah right there. We want to know what is going to happen with that Nationals third base spot. It's been such a position of contention for the Nats. So we'll discuss what they might do at that position. Make sure you guys check out all the other ones that we've done, though. Those, you can find them in your podcast feed.